this is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. I woke up last Friday at 4am to get ready for some agency work and glanced at my Facebook page whilst my smartwatch synced with my smartphone to inform me that I had 5 hours and 48 minutes of sleep. I was, however, unprepared to read the Facebook post informing me that Sylvain Sylvain, former guitarist with the New York Dolls, had lost his two-and-a-half-year fight against cancer at the age of 69, just a month short of his 70th birthday. After my initial shock, although thinking about it, yeah, I shouldn't have been too surprised as cancer is, as we all know, an unforgiving disease. It was to uh, Paul that evening's show, episode 785, that I, along with uh, producer Barton Stacey and engineer Fenny Bridges, had pre-recorded the previous evening because I wasn't going to be anywhere near my computer that evening uh, because uh, I didn't want to sound disingenuous by wittering on to you as if like nothing had happened. Instead, I suggested to producer Barton Stacey that we should use our allotted hour as a tribute to the man. He quite correctly pointed out that as we hadn't enough time for a live Friday show 24 hours earlier, getting one ready that would be fitting was going to be impossible. So we left things as they were. Now, the person I knew I had to speak to was, of course, Tom from the Phobics, who, as we know from past Phobic Foibles, is very much a huge fan of the New York Dolls. Now, last time I spoke to Tom on the show, uh, we had had some phone issues, so earlier in the week, I made sure everything was running smoothly. Testing and retesting levels by phoning Sky, as I knew it would be a pre-recorded message. What I didn't bank on was I could hear Tom, but he couldn't hear me. So after much cable and wire changing, we finally got it together. Unfortunately, we did lose reception a few times, but thanks to Barton and Fenny, these have been seamlessly edited out.
Good evening, Tom. It, good evening, Artie. How are you? I am fine. I feel it's always good to chat to you, but uh, yeah, sadly not under these circumstances. Or well, I think we're probably, hopefully, going to do um, Sylvain and his memory proud. Uh, tell me, how did you get into the dolls? Um, well, I just I saw them on Whistle Test, and it was in Epiphany. Um, and that, that, I mean, they were just. They just completely knocked me over. I was stunned. I mean, I was, you know, already into sort of like glam rock and Alice Cooper and stuff like that. But the dolls just had a certain element of malevolency that just sort of, it, you know, it just gripped you. It just really, really gripped you. And, you know, around the time, you know, you go into school the next day and talk about what you'd seen. And it was just received by with abject horror from all my friends, you know, and so you sort of you almost knew that, yeah, this is this is definitely the right way to go. But they intrigued me. They were exciting. They were sexy. They were wild. They were what rock and roll should be all about. Yeah, that, you know, at, you know. Yeah, that that was the one where they 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 mimed um, Jet Boy, wasn't it? And it was Jet uh, Boy and looking for a kiss. Yeah. And uh, Bob Harris did the mock rock. Did their fame. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For for me, actually, it was sort of a bit of reverse engineering. It was through the damned. Um, because I, I picked up uh, Machine Gun Etiquette uh, just after my 14th birthday. And uh, I went to the record shop and the guy behind the counter went something along the lines of, uh, have you got Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers album? Which I hadn't. Yeah. Uh, but a few minutes later I did um, because he, he sold me the cassette version because they didn't have any of the vinyl, um, and I, you know, I enjoyed it, and I took it to school the next day to show off, because you know they're easier to carry in your school bag than twelve-inch vinyl. They certainly are. Anyway, there was a guy in my class who's a huge record collector, and spotted it, said that I should go and check out the New York Dolls' first album. And you know, you got to remember, like back then, um, they, you know, we had to rely on our peers or older siblings, which. Uh, uh, to let us know what she was going on. My my sister was rubbish because she was into uh, Cliff Richard. So um, I popped back down and I got the New York Doll, Dolls album, the first one. And to be honest, it didn't change my life, but, I, you know, it, it made me sit up and take notice because, you know, I, I thought it was sort of like the missing link between Slade because I was really into Slade and punk. like, And, you know, and then, you know, about a month or so later, I proceeded to go and buy Too Much Too Soon. But yeah. um, looking back at it now, um, Brian Jones, like Sylvain, was like the Brian oh. Jones of the band. He gave them the name, the look, the style, while the Hanson and Thunders were the like Jagger and Richards, like de facto leaders. Yeah. But, um, you know, Sylvain, he only contributed like what, two songs to the debut and just pushing boots on the follow up. But later on, like when they were doing like the the red paint and leather, you know what I mean? It, it, some of the stuff that was 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 going to go on to you know an album that didn't exist was written by him or co-written by him. And then of course when they all got back together again in two thousand and four, the three albums, like he he was one of the majority like songwriters. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he he um he's I think his influence does tend to get overlooked. By Johnny, you know, because Johnny Thunders was such a like a, a you know the iconic guitar hero, and Sylvain was just you know he was the image at the background that that, that for me like 
got them the look and got them noticed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a really good thing to do is listen to the Dolls albums on headphones and you've got one guitar in one ear and one guitar in the other ear. And Mm. and Sylvain's guitar really underpins the Dolls sound. Mm. Uh, you know, it really does. I mean, do it, do it now. I'm talking to your your listener, <laughs> your <laughs> listeners, because it is it is really incredible how his playing gives Sunders the space to do what he does. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, Sil was was he wove the, the magic in between all, all the gaps, and and just made made that whole thing sort of like happen. You know, with that energy and that enthusiasm and the sensibilities that he had. But yeah, you're definitely right. He was criminally overlooked and undervalued and underrated you know like as as a as a as a writer as a songwriter as a guitarist Mm. he's a fantastic guitarist as well but he's just got the lot you know he's just got the lot he's got all the chas and and he was a he was like their secret weapon you know he definitely was the doll's secret weapon yeah and you know that's why after he's gone now there can be no 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 more new york dolls you know from the New York Dolls debut album, this is Trash.
and I know Johansson's around and you've, you've got the guys that were were in the, the reform thing and yes, they could do something and yes, they could do some sort of tribute thing for Sylvain, but that's it. I mean, the, the New York Dolls are, are, are now dead, you know, which is which is a real shame. And it's, you know, it's several pages of the, the, the book of my life ripped away ripped away and, and burnt up but um well, it, you know, that, that, I've, kept, I've, I've kept the i've kept the ashes and i anoint myself with them frequently well it, it does seem that 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 book you know it's it, it chapter by chapter seems to be uh been now going i mean like johansson to his credit um did say in the rolling stones that, that you know that was it that there, there could not be uh any, you know, he he was not going to go out on his own as the New York Dolls. I know that, yeah. like, like um, a few years ago, like Sly went out with um, Sam Yaffa, Steve Conti, along with like Robin Erickson from the helicopters, and they they went to Japan as the Dolls for a, you know for a few dates just to air and yeah. play some of that stuff. And you know, I really wish that you know they they taken that over here to the UK because that that would have been you know that would have been brilliant but i think it was a question of like you know money they were paid a lot of money to do it and um uk promoters i think as we know uh weren't so uh, uh eager to eager, open no. to open their wallets time for more music and from the dancing backwards in high heels album this is i'm so fabulous i'm so fabulous your lost Yorkers who look nebulous I'm more fab than all the hipsters on
the gigs that they, that they did where they supported Motley Crue and, and those sort of bands, I think they made more money doing that, these sort of like arena tours, than they ever made. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just that's just bizarre, you know, the, the, the pupils paying the teacher. But uh, there you go, rock and roll happens like that. And, you know, the dolls were... were were overlooked and, and, and ignored and I think they just frightened the shit out of people. I mean, you know, they were literally a car bomb driven head on into the lumbering juggernaut of complacent, self-indulgent music and the fallout from that collision still hasn't settled. No. After what, 45 years? I oh, know. And it, you know, thankfully it continues to infect more and more willing victims. From one day it will please us to remember even this Dance like a monkey.
after the dolls split, of, you know, the first time around, um, Sylvain formed the, the Criminals, and they, you know, that that the album that they recorded in '77. I mean, that, yeah. did, that didn't get released until '85. I mean, a, a lot, no. of, a lot of the songs on there were re-recorded for his his '79 solo album. But I don't know about yeah. you, but I I enjoy the Criminals versions better. Yeah, well, I think they're I think both both are good. I mean, I really like Sylvain's uh, solo album, uh, the self-titled one. I mean, that's a great amalgamation of fifties, you know, real pure fifties rock and roll and sixties mm. pop slapped together. You've got all the all the right sort of sensibilities and and reference points, and it just sounds great. I remember reading a review of it in in Rolling Stone. It might have been Lenny Taylor wrote it. Who said? You know, you might not ever get the chance to do this, but if you can listen to it as loud as possible, like, you know, in a big room, turn it up literally as loud as it can go. And it's just, it's just fucking magnificent. Yeah. But no, the Criminals versions are, are are great as well. And, you know, I was talking to, to my mate Pedro, who, who um, looks after um, <laughs> Remarkable Records, and we were talking about, uh, Sylvain, obviously, as you do after he died, and you know, reminiscing and what have you. And he, he said, "Oh, did I ever tell you that um, there were there were there were plans for for that criminals thing to to go out actually be released on real records, and the tapes went to Dave Hill, but uh, unfortunately, it it never happened. And you know, as you say, you know, <laughs> many many years later, it did finally see the light of day, but." You know, sometimes it's all a matter of timing, and I just don't think Sill had had the currency that he probably deserved. Yeah. And you know, it would have been nice if it would have come out then. You know, as almost as a as a companion uh, piece to 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 sew alone. But you know, obviously both completely different things, but mm. but both steeped in a love of proper rock and roll.
I mean, you, you saying about it having like a '60s feel to it, and like on the on the um, solo album, um, I'm sorry, um, really mm. reminds me of of Lennon's "I'm Losing You" from Double Fantasy. Yeah. E- even though yeah. Sly's predates Lennon's by about five years, and also "Without You" ends with the string arrangement f- from the Beatles' "Norwegian Woods." Monday morning comes along and I'm talking to you on the telephone saying these sweet words to you Would you mind if I ask to spend this night with you? Well, yesterday is long and gone and now we're singing different songs and words Come to me now I'll get by, baby, somehow And darling, without you I went alone And baby without you
Yeah, I mean, I'm, after that, I mean, he he, did, he, he formed the uh, teardrops with uh, right. uh, Rosie Rex and and Danny Rail, uh, uh, Danny Reed. Danny Reed, that's right. Yeah, and he he slight at the time said that he you know he called it Puerto Rican reggae. He he said that um, uh, he was very much influenced by what he was doing then. Whereas his solo, yeah. where, whereas his solo album was influenced by um, his time with the Dolls, but I still, yeah. I can still hear that Dolls sort of like influence and that sound in the teardrops. Yeah, it's just you know, it's part, it's part of the DNA, isn't it? It's- Back to the music and from Seal Sylvain and the Teardrops, one and only album. This is just one kiss. <laughs> Bum 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 b
but you know, he wasn't he wasn't afraid to sort of like you know go Puerto Rican or, or check this rhythm out or do something like that. So he was, you know, he wasn't stuck in a particular genre. It, he just branched off and then eventually, you know, turned turned around and and, and and dipped back into, you know, what he was known for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, everyone knows that um, Johnny and Jerry played together in the Heartbreakers, but it's it's overlooked. Um, I think it's because they didn't really record anything. Is the Ugly Americans that Sly and Jerry uh, did with was it Graham May on bass and Bernie White on guitar? Yeah, yeah. And was some guy um, was it uh, Danny Ray on sax? Um, because and you know, I, I it was only I, I wasn't aware of them at the time. It was they completely flew under my radar until about I don't know five or six years ago. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't aware of them either, but w- I, I'll tell you what, me and Z went over to New York and we'd, we'd heard about we'd heard about this band, The Ugly Americans. And, you know, there's, the thing with all those sort of like club gigs in New York, everybody was turning up. So you get Thunders and Walter and blah, blah, blah. Jerry Ramone's birthday party was around, was around then as well. We had an annual party where it would get Degeneration and the Pristines and, and, and Dee Dee and... and you know, various luminaries from the time to Ronnie Spector to get up and, and, you know, to do sets. So anyway, they were playing the Continental, uh, the Ugly Americans, and we went down there and it was, it was Sil and Jerry and, and the rest of the guys whose, whose names escaped me. <laughs> but they were, they were fucking brilliant. And they, they did a, you know, old 50s rock and roll stuff, doll songs, Seal songs, maybe a couple of Thunder things, you know, Freddie and the Dreamers. Oh fucking! Hell, they were just so they were just so entertaining. It was just you know people that are that really love rock and roll being really good at it, and it just dripping off them. It's just it's a, it, you know it's just the easiest thing in the world. But you know bloody hard work. You know they put everything into it as well. Hundred and ten percent. As I'm a Crystal Palace supporter, I'm going to play the Ugly Americans version of the Dave Clark Fives. Glad all over. <laughs>
I'd go and see Cyril if he was just playing with himself, if he <laughs> pardon the expression. Just because, you know, it's going to be entertaining. And, and, you know, he played with, you know, he used to help out and play with Johnny and he risked, He really did save Johnny's ass a, a couple of gigs in the 80s. I mean, the particular one at the venue where, where finally he was just so out of it. And, you know, you knew that there was always going to be something redeeming, but Cyril just grabbed the gig by the scruff of the neck and just got everyone through it and then by the end it became a triumph and pretty much the same thing he, he did with with the dolls when they played rebellion um i mean it looked like that they were you know they the lineup had slightly changed i think it was a guy who played played bass in the smiths and it was frank infantine and from blondie and they i don't think they'd rehearsed or they weren't in you know they weren't into it or their answer wasn't in the mood or well there, there was just a bit of a shit vibe and you know the room was absolutely packed. A lot of people had come to see them, and after about five or ten minutes, like the room was emptying really, really quickly. And you know, Johansson was just literally just going through the motion. As I said, there might have been something going on that I'm not aware about, but still managed to just grab that gig and just turn it around just by enthusiasm. He was really communicating with the audience. He got everybody participating, and you know, like by the end, it was a triumph. And he was. He was just able to do that because he's just got that that connection with people. Yeah, it, it was really genuine. You know what I mean? It's not a you know. He could have just rested on his laurels. Oh, I'm a New York doll. You know, we're going to get our eighteen grand and fuck off. So you know, blah blah blah. But he didn't. He really cared, and he cared. You know, he really. You got the impression that he cared about fans. He would always talk oh, definitely. to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was happy with you know happy with with that 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 badge of honour that that he that he earned, you know, he really bloody did earn it and he deserves it. And he didn't want to let, he didn't want to let fans down because I suppose he knows what it's like being a fan, you know. I mean, I went to see him at um, the Brooklyn Bowl in, uh, up, up near um, North Greenwich Station. Fucking horrible venue. But anyway, he did sort of like a um, an acoustic-y type performance, a bit of raconteuring and everything like that. And there weren't very many people there, mainly because they'd build it as Sly Sill Rain. <laughs> so, you know, I saw the advert and I'm thinking, it's got to be Sill Sylvain, isn't it? So I rang them up and I said, um, what's this Sly Sylvain? Is it supposed to be Sill Sylvain? And it's going, oh, fucking hell. Oh, bollocks. It's like, it's on the posters and everything. And I said, oh, I'll let you owe me a ticket, you know, a couple of free tickets, mate, for sorting this out. So eventually they changed it. But anyway... Suffice to say, there weren't very many people there, mainly because who's who Sly still going? Uh, but he did his act, and I'd bought, because it's near, near to my house, I bought a load of uh, records, and I'd you know, see if he could get them to sign it. And he went, 
you know, he finished the gig and I saw Paul Ronnie Angel there. Uh-huh. And he very kindly went backstage and got still out. And then Saul just came out and just went through this pile of records that I bought for him to sign, sign them all, had a lovely chat and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he was, he, I always just found him very, very easy to talk to. And he's, you know, very animated. And, you know, I just remember the first time, you know, the first, probably the first time I met him was uh, at a David Johansson gig because he played in that, that first lineup of Johansson's band. Mm. And they were, they were, they were outstanding. They were really, really a great rock and roll band. And uh, the, the, their first gig when they came over was at Barbarella's in Birmingham. And, um, you know, I suppose because of the impact of the, the dolls and the esteem that they were held in by, by the punk literati, all the London punks were there, you know, all gone up to Birmingham for this, you know, gathering of the clan to, to see the messiahs. Uh-huh. And um, so it was really nice to, to meet Johansson and... Um, and Sylvain and talk to him, you know. But yeah. um, they were supported uh, on uh, that gig by a little-known band called The Pretenders, and I think it was The Pretenders' first gig. Oh right. But yeah, so it was it was a fantastic, um, fantastic night. But that band was a really, really great band because, you know, I think you know individually and collectively the Dolls were were a, were a bloody hard hard bunch to beat. You know, they were they mm. were great. They were absolutely, they were absolutely great. You know, the most, what did Nick Kent say? The most important things that happened to rock and roll since electricity, <laughs> and because they were, they they just frightened the life out of people. And you, and you know, you know, you you were talking about taking stuff to school and, and lending it to your friends. I mean, you know, I remember taking the Dolls album into school, and it would always come back the next day without fail because people would just look at it. And I went to a boys' school as well, and they were probably thinking. Mm, What's up with that bloke? Does he like this sort of stuff? You know, but, you know, to me, that's part of the attraction. I want something like that that's going to make me go, fucking hell. You know, you want something to make your, your, your jaw drop just by seeing it, and then it sounds like it looks, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't scared. I mean, we, we, we spoke the other day um, about... Um, Sylvain covering um, Johnny Thunder's um, "Your Society Makes Me Sad" because on, on his um, "Sleep Baby Doll" solo album, because I was because yeah. I was like, I, I, I can't find a, a, a proper Thunder's studio recording of that, and like we, we managed to, you know, he pointed me in the right direction of uh, a, a radio session um, that um, that, uh, that that it was on, but you know. He wasn't afraid to record a former bandmate's song that hadn't even been properly, you know, done in the studio. Put it on his solo album. You know, some people, yeah. would, some people would be like, "Well, I'm not touching that with a barge pole." But he was like, "I'm, just, you know, it's a great song, and and I'm, you know, and he and he pretty much kept the um, uh, arrangement the same." I do, I do wonder if the the, the sax on it is the same is. Um, uh, Danny Ray, who played um, with him in the teardrops, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, yeah, well, I don't, I, you know, I'll have to check. I'll have to check the credits. Although there probably aren't any credits, because I mean, the, the, oh, you mean on on Sylvain's thing? Yeah, or, on or Sleep on, Baby yeah, Doll. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
about an imperfect life It's time for me to take what is mine I don't want to live in the present I make myself ill at times I'm happy But your society makes me My past involves my future My future I have planned If I lose myself, I lose what's precious If there's not something wrong with me, there should be But your society makes me sad Your society makes me sad Your society makes me Peace. 
but uh, yeah it, it, it was just sort of like if it's good I'm just gonna like you know I'm just gonna go out and do it and and, and that that second solo album is uh, I mean how what was it late late 90s 99 90, something like that and it and yeah. You know, it is an absolute classic. I mean, we already spoken about Frank Infente playing with the Dolls, but he played on that as well, a couple of tracks on that. Derwood, Bob, yeah. Bob Derwood played on it as well. Uh, yep. And, it, you know, and it, again, it's sort of like a, an, an overlooked album. And uh, 90, you know, late 90s, that, that album should have been sort of like, you know, in everybody's record collection. No, that's right. These things are like they 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 just go out under the radar. I mean, the, the, I mean, the last last thing he, he proper thing he did was like I, uh, was the uh, Batusi stuff that he did yeah. with with Cheetah. That because I mean, I I actually I I, I messaged Cheetah um, earlier on today because um, I at the time that they released a four track EP, um, but. Um, Sylvain said that there was a whole album been recorded and it was in the can and that's never come to the light of day I mean, you know um, so I asked Cheetah I said what, whatever happened to it oh, he hasn't got back to me yet um, but uh, that that was uh, they were going to play over here weren't they, they were, uh, I think, yeah they uh, were yeah they were and then it got then it got cancelled because I think it was what Les Warner from the cult was, uh, was, was, was drumming for them instead of um um, who was the original? It was Tommy Price from Joan Jet did on the EP, but yeah. um, but like yeah, Les Warner was from the cult was going to do the live gigs certainly over here, and then it just got cancelled because they're playing going to play the um, Islington Academy. I've still got the ticket somewhere. <laughs> I've still got the ticket yeah, somewhere. But I was I was gutted. <laughs> but I, it was like I've often said. I mean, it's 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 too late now. It it's uh it it's gone. But like. All those, all those people like um, Cheetah, Sylvain, Walter Lure, uh, should have formed a band, you know, to play their collective back catalogue with, like, you know, I don't know, get Glenn Burke on drums and CJ Ramon to play bass, just because we've lost so many of those people, you know, there, there yeah. isn't there isn't an original band from that time left now, um, that they should have all got together and just sort of like we're going to do this and just going to celebrate this period of time. But um, sadly, that uh, that has gone. I'm afraid. But um, yeah, I, I was looking forward to that gig because I mean, like I'd, I'd seen reports uh, in in you know in the, in the press and on online that um, they were doing like you know Dead Boy stuff. They're doing Dull stuff. They were doing, you know they they were doing their back catalogue and anything else that they thought was interesting. And I thought this is going to be yeah. this is going to be brilliant. But uh, yeah, sadly. Uh, all we got was the four track EP, and um, two of those tracks were uh, were instrumental. But um, it, it, you know, it's good to have. It keeps the collection going. Rock Radio UK listeners, unfortunately, we're going to lose you during Batusi's "What You Lack in Brains." But if you immediately give or take a few seconds, pop over to Podbean, you can pick up the rest of the show. So much for your editing skills, Barton. I shot 
Turner Overdrive That's the sound that drives her wild Colts are turning They're lost from this Inside her head there's an emptiness She's got the boys wondering what to do What you like in brains, you got it in looks A grown-up doll, she never picked up a book Go, 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 You better Um, the last time that we saw Sylvain live um, was at the Dublin Castle, August uh, 2018, for that yep. uh, Q and A launch for his autobiography. There's no bones in ice cream, because um, because again he was genuine. He was, I mean he was doing like acoustic numbers. He was chatting. He was um, just you know taking any questions. And I mean the guy must have been asked these questions over the years like you know so many times he, he, he sort of like but he, he never seemed to come across like oh it was a job it was it was sort of like a passion you know he would be happy to uh, answer anybody's question sign anything and then and at the end they, they uh, it was the most ramshackle version of personality crisis oh I've, god yeah uh, they had was it Thurston Moore was there uh, was was singing, and I think he, he he was like he didn't know all the words. I think I said to you, I think I said like, go up and sing because like it was like no one knew the words, it, but it was it was brilliant, you know. And it was, it was a car crash. Uh, but it, it it's one of those things that you that it, it it was perfect for the ending of that. It was just sort of like got a load of mates up on there. I think like Matthew Julian from. Uh, 
the uh, uh, the breakdown. He's, yeah, but he, he's uh, he was he was there as well, and he played. Uh, yeah, Speedways. He's in the Speedways now. Great band. Yeah, um, very yeah, great band. Yeah, they, he was on there playing guitar in it, and it was sort of like it was great. But um, yeah, it was a car crash, but it was brilliant, and it was a good way to end the evening. And I'm in a Lutheran personality crisis. We got a whole bunch of people that uh, are gonna come up here. Ronnie, Ronnie. Ah, Jeremy Alexander. We got uh, Thurston. Are you gonna come up here? Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. He's around here someplace. We got Matt Julian over here.
no, it wasn't. The thing is, there's no, there's no pre, there was no pretense. You know, there's a, there's probably a lot of artists that would be very, very choosy about who they, who got up on stage with them, and that things would have to be done properly and not in the spirit of rock and roll, not in the spirit of spontaneity. And you know, if you you you, you take the spirit and spontaneity out of rock and roll, it's just fucking boring. And um, you know, <laughs> it was a car crash, but it wasn't a boring car crash. It was good fun. And everyone, and, uh, su- everyone know, survived. There was and no every, casualties. And everyone, rem- <laughs> and everyone will remember it as a happy memory as well. I mean, they could have just done an, an okay version of it and no one would remember it. Uh, other than, yeah, you know, it was a thing. But um, it was, you know, that, that's the thing that you... When I left, <laughs> I mean, we were just looking at each other laughing while it was while it was going mm. on because it was just it was a bit of entertainment. It was a bit of fun. But it, it it was great, and again, like he, you know, the, I don't think anybody left without getting something signed or shaking his hand. I, I think every, yeah. everyone just sort of like you know, because he, he was just so accessible, and you know, because the Dublin Castle for those people who don't know, it's it's a very small venue, very intimate. Uh, stage is only like about a foot off the ground, and you know, it's Sylvain, Sylvain, New York Dolls is there, is doing stuff, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a thoroughly enjoyable evening. But like, I mean, it's it, the actual final thing that he recorded. I think it was that um, very sadly, very apt leaving New York. I don't know whether yeah. I don't know whether that was was you know a pretext for uh, an album or more material. But um, yeah, I think that was two thousand and twelve. I think that, I think that was. Yeah. All, there, there might uh, there might be other things, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I just remember seeing or reading something, um, but you're you're probably right. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, as as a last recording, uh, it, it is um, it is sadly apt, but it is you know, and very poignant. But poignant, yeah, it, oh, it is yeah. A, a great song.
Alright then, mate, good to talk to you. Yep, likewise, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, in, in the not too distant future, we can have a, a, a proper drink and toast, uh, you know, raise a toast to, to the new those who single handedly lowered the standard for an entire industry. <laughs> All right, I'll see you later, Tom. Gal Hansen said that, by the way, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, Tom. I'll All see right. you later. See you later, mate. Bye. Uh, bye. So there you have it. I hope Tom and myself made a good job of remembering Sylvain Sylvain. So, until next week, take it easy. Like
Ich hab's nicht mehr. 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 Ich hab's nicht